Before I jump into the episode, I feel like I should mention very quickly my love for iced tea. And I want to leave that purposely ambiguous for just a second, because I know you're thinking to yourself, is he talking about the rapper and singer of the metal band Body Count? Turned actor who plays legendary and badass Sergeant Finn Tutuola on his beloved Law & Order SVU? (laughs) Well, I do love me some iced tea with cocoa, which is a little inside joke for those of you who get it. I'm going to be a little bit more boring with this, and I'm going to talk about the beverage, which is my go-to summer drink. Why am I bringing up such a boring topic at the top of the show? Because a few days ago, my beautiful wife, Mrs. What's-Her-Name, made a stop at the local alcoholic wonderland for a restock and brought me home a bottle of sweet tea vodka, which I did not know existed. And since then, I have been downing that shit in my iced tea like nobody's fucking business. And I've been nursing multiple cups of this shit all day leading up to me recording. So that's your tough shit. Feel free to monitor the episode for slurred words because I'm giving you guys a slurred words guarantee. Welcome to the Atomic Skull Podcast, all of you beautiful, beautiful people. My name is Matt. And from here on out, I am going to be all business today for every reason. Firstly, because it is October, and you can bet your spooky asses will be celebrating all month long, which I'll get to in a little bit. And secondberg, I love having guest hosts on the show for so many reasons. Thank you again to Miss D for joining me these last couple of weeks on the mic, and more importantly being a shoulder for me to cry on about Chris Evans, who is totally allowed to get married to whoever he wants that isn't me. Moving on, which I refuse to do. (laughs) Moving on. I'm going to get a little bit meta all over your guys' ear holes to start us off this week. I love having guest hosts on the show because it is less work for me across the board. I do slightly less talking. The editing is a breeze because it isn't just my stupid voice that I'm having to deal with. And then I end up with lots and lots of new shit to talk about over the following weeks because that's just the way that it goes. And this time is no different. I've got shit to talk about over the next few episodes like nobody's fucking business. You know what? Last year, I worked on bringing back the phrase up your button around the corner because it is a damn shame that it ever left. For the rest of 2023, I am going to work on bringing back the phrase like nobody's business, which is a total gem and a good classic never goes out of style, boys. I want to take a quick second though to talk about having Misty on the show these last couple of weeks and address some of the feedback that I got because I was a bit surprised about some of the things that I heard. But also, I get it. Don't worry, you guys. There are dick jokes on the way right now. They're going to be here in just a little bit. I got them coming Federal Express. The episodes with Misty were definitely a little bit divisive. I had some of you guys reaching out to me telling me that it made you uncomfortable having my ex on the show on account of Mrs. What's-Her-Name and the fact that we're married or whatever. 
Um, I think this might be one of those things where my brain works a little bit differently than yours does. And it's hard for me to decide which one of those takes precedence because for better or for worse, it's my show, right? Whatever my asshole brain cooks up, that's what I'm going with. And Miss D is a genuinely funny bitch with good taste, obviously. <laughs> and when she and I talk, it's good shit. It's interesting and it's funny and it's a blast. The fact that she and I dated briefly in the mid 80s, I thought would be a nice little wrench to throw into the whole program. I'm one stupid podcast out of a billion and I am nothing special. I'm just a dude, right? This could be you. You're a microphone, some website hosting, and an immense lack of shame and self-respect away from sitting in this exact chair. I thought having someone that I dated on the show that I'm genuinely friends with most of the time would be something kind of unique. And it is. It was. And I'm really glad that we were able to do it. We went way out of our comfort zone. And I'm proud of us for that. The feedback that I got, though, was that it was a little bit weird for some of you guys to hear. And I understand that completely. If I can give you a little bit of perspective from whatever is left of my heart. Boy, I hope these dick chokes get here soon. I'm dying out here. Miss D and I dated for about four months, but we've been friends for four plus years because I love the idea of having an origin story for whoever's on the show with me for the first time. It was something that we had to include, but we also were both very cognizant to not dive too deep into how the romantic chapter of our relationship was. One of the things I'm so grateful for is that she and I can both look back at that time fondly, but not live in that nostalgia. You know, I've talked way too many times about how dangerous nostalgia can be. Spending too much time looking backwards, living in your comfort zone, it's like wrapping yourself in the world's most comfortable blanket. And it's addictive, but it doesn't make for much of a fulfilling life. It's like driving a car. You're not gonna get where you wanna go if your eyes are glued to the rear view mirror. You gotta keep them on the road. How's that for not being a food metaphor, you fuckers? <laughs> Miss D and I changed each other's lives in profound ways that I'd rather not mention right now because I can't turn any of it into a dick joke, but it does matter to me. And I'd like to hope that it matters to her. That being said, one of the great joys in my life, one of the truly great joys, is going out for drinks with Miss D and my beautiful wife, Mrs. What's-Her-Name, and quietly listening to the two of them roast me into oblivion, <laughs> which they do to a fucking crisp, you guys. I don't even want to know what they say when they go out drinking without me, which happens even more often. I cannot tell you the number of times Mrs. What's-Her-Name comes home three quarters in the bag and starts with like a, let me tell you something that Miss D and I realized about you that you don't know. And that does lead me to this week's very different kind of gold star question, which I'm kind of terrified to ask, but I have to do it anyway because I've already gotten a handful of them and I want to add more to the pile. What questions do you have about the whole thing? 
Is there anything you want to know about Mrs. What's-Her-Name's thoughts on the subject or how Miss D is with Mrs. What's-Her-Name or what they talk about when they're on their own, whatever that fucking is. If there's something that we missed and you really want to know, slide into the old DMs anywhere you'd like at Atomic Skull Podcast and follow me if you haven't already, of course, and ask me those tough and or uncomfortable questions that might make you feel good or better or laugh to know the answer. And I have this really great idea of how to address those questions in a future episode coming up. Also, while we're on the subject, I do have lots more guest hosts, both old and new, on deck and ready to fire coming soon. So be on the lookout for that because it is going to get a hell of a lot more fun and hopefully a hell of a lot more weird. For best of the week, good news, everybody. The dick jokes just arrived. And what I want to do with them is a little bit of a Mad Lib. Y'all remember Mad Libs? In honor of my favorite month of the year, I'm going to do a monologue. No bullshit. From one of the great horror movies of all time, Jaws. And this one is a little bit of a deep dive. No pun (laughs) for all the movie nerds out there. I'm going to do Robert Shaw's intense USS Indianapolis monologue from Jaws. Very seriously, it is one of the best and most terrifying movie monologues of all time. But... I am going to replace every time Shaw mentions a shark with the word dick. And I want to see if it stays just as terrifying. Here we go. We just delivered the bomb. The Hiroshima bomb. 1,100 men went into the water. The vessel went down in 12 minutes. Didn't see the first dick for about half an hour. 13 footer. You know how you know that when you're in the water, chief? You tell by looking from the shaft to the balls. The very first light, chief, the dicks come cruising. So we formed ourselves into tight groups. The idea was the dick comes to the nearest man. That man starts pounding, hollering, screaming. Sometimes the dick goes away. Sometimes it wouldn't go away. Sometimes that dick comes right into you. The thing about a dick is sometimes it's a lifeless dick. Black dick, like a doll's dick. When it comes at you, it doesn't seem to be living. Until it bites you, and that black dick rolls over wide. Despite all the pounding and the hollering, they all come in, and they rip you to pieces. (laughs) Still scary as ever, man. I could barely make it through that (laughs) for worst of the week i've been sitting on this one for a minute dick reference listen i am an old tired busy tired sad old man and very few things make me happier than when shit just fucking writes itself and this is a great example of that so i am totally considering it to be a freebie I want to talk about Lauren Boebert, and I hope I'm pronouncing that wrong. Boebert is a politician from Colorado, which is all you really need to know for the story to continue. Now, one evening, about a month ago, Lauren 
got herself all dolled up in a tight little goldish number and went out with a nice looking fella to see a touring performance of the Broadway version of Beetlejuice uh, in downtown Denver. In the middle of said performance, Bobert and her date were asked by an usher to leave. Why was she asked to leave? Oh my God, would I love to tell you. So first, she was filming the performance on her phone and vaping during the show while sitting next to a pregnant woman, no less. She denied the vaping part instantly. She said that it was a smoke machine from the show. But what she didn't realize was that the theater had receipts. They've got cameras all around the theater with night vision so they can keep an eye on everyone and make sure that dates aren't fondling tits and stroking dicks through pants while the performance is happening, which Bobert and her date also fucking did. And all of it was shown on camera and the footage was released. Now, this is the one part where I want to interject. I think most of us have had a story or two about getting a little frisky in public. I myself have a couple of in front of the bar at 1am stories that I'll be saving for the Patreon. So that's not something that I'm going to judge. But this was an all ages show and there were children in the audience. And if you can get that worked up within 10 feet of a child, that's some big time Jesus juice energy that I'm not remotely interested in being a part of. The video of the whole incident, which I highly recommend looking up because it is like four out of seven of the deadly sins in two minutes, shows Bobert clearly smoking her vape. Stevie Wonder could see she was smoking a fucking vape. And she's given her mans there the works over his pants. And don't get me wrong, I love a good Broadway show as much as the next somewhat straight man, but I've never witnessed a showstopper that was so good I simply had to get myself chafed. And the dude who, who owns a bar in Aspen, because of fucking course he does, he wasn't a saint either. He put his hands right down her cups and went mining for titty gold in front of everybody. And based on how far his hands were in the video, I'm pretty fucking sure he found it. So when the usher came to escort them out, apparently Bobert was giving him the whole, do you know who I am business? Which, has that ever even fucking worked? If you have to ask someone that question, you are not famous enough to ask it. Ben fucking Affleck has never needed to ask that question. Plus, if you think about it, there's no way anyone who asks that question is going to come out on top. Either they don't know who you are, which, ouch, or they do know who you are and they don't care. Double ouch. So they got kicked out of the venue and the fallout sense has, I mean, you hate to see it, but also you kind of love to see it. I would feel bad if the whole thing was an unfortunate circumstance that was not caused by them being careless and thoughtless idiots. But this whole thing was completely avoidable. If for some reason you can't wait until after the show to get it, okay, just go to your car and handle business there. I see it at the dildo store all the time, as you can imagine. In fact, as a quick little appetizer for you thirsty crazies, just a couple of weekends ago, I had sold a panty vibe to a couple that came in like right before we closed. And then as we were leaving to go home, 
I saw the young lady of the couple in the parking lot bent over her car, clearly putting the panty vibe in place so that it could be utilized for the evening. And there have been a few other things here and there where I saw a dude that was like clearly getting a beach behind the building in his car. I know I'm supposed to kick people off the premises who are doing that, but come on, man. Kids aren't allowed in the building and they shouldn't even be in the parking lot. Who the fuck am I to stop a quick little 10 minute tune up late in the evening that's going to give a couple a good story to tell for the next few weeks? I understand that some of you might disagree with me, and I get it, but I'm going to quote my main man, Bill Hicks, on this one. What business is it of mine what someone is doing, seeing, saying, or taking into their body as long as they're not harming another human being on this planet, right? And to be clear, the answer to that question is that it is none of my fucking business. I am just trying to make my money and get home to my wife and my dogs. But back to the rails. The handsome gentleman caller at the Broadway show ended up having his bar in Aspen review bombed, which, you know, kind of sucks because there's other people who work at that bar that need the traffic to pay their bills. But that's also the world we live in in 2023, and it's not going to change, so he should have known better. As far as Bobert is concerned, she's up for re-election next year, and I sincerely hope she tries for it. I would love to see how she handles the whole thing, because downplaying it, which she's currently trying to do, clearly is not working for her. And that story is going to bring me to my song of the week, because rarely will I turn down an opportunity to be cheeky, particularly when it involves a song that I genuinely fucking love. Song of the week this week is going to be my favorite song from the Beetlejuice musical. And you are goddamn right. I know the music from the show. It's actually fucking solid. It's a really good show. Easily my favorite song from the show and this week's tune that I absolutely recommend you check out because it is a banger and a half is called The Whole Being Dead Thing. And it is catchy, funny, filthy, and you can find it on the Atomic Skull Podcast Songs of the Week playlist on Spotify. Throw it on after the episode here, and I am 100% certain you will fall in love with it just like I did. It's a really good fucking number. Lastly, I do have a spooky little series for you guys that I want to include in every episode for the month of October. Last year, if you remember, and I hope you don't, I did the ABCs of Halloween, and that's definitely something that I would like to revisit, but for this year, I want to do what I call Kidson's Scary Stories leading up to the big day. These are going to be stories that are scary to me specifically. They may not be scary to you. In fact, I'm almost certain they won't be. But these are all going to be true stories of things that have happened to me, are happening to me, that I truly 100% find to be terrifying to experience and live through. And wouldn't you know it, the first story is going to be a dildo chronicle. Strap in and strap on. This happened just last weekend. Last weekend? Yeah, last. we're going to go with last weekend. Now, one of the questions that I get asked most often is how many super hot girls come into the store? And the answer to that is a pretty decent amount, actually. I have no complaints on the eye candy that I get to enjoy. But I think the question that people mean to ask 
when they're asking that is, do the hot girls that come in ever make me nervous, particularly considering the merchandise that I'm selling? The answer to that question is not really. I'm not saying I don't enjoy the view, but like I said before, I'm just trying to get home. But there was a woman who came in this last weekend that was delicious. What she actually looked like doesn't really matter to the story. But not only did I find her hot, but she was sweet and funny. Like, come on, man. You know what I mean? I told my dude at work, one of the other managers who was working there, that I thought she was a dime and he was making fun of me every single time she would come up and ask me a question. He could tell that I was barely holding it together. But God damn it, I was holding it together. She even bought my single favorite piece of lingerie in the store without any prompting from me whatsoever. I feel weird recommending lingerie for women, but that's a whole other bunch of thoughts for another episode. So I'm ringing her out. And the good news about that is when I'm ringing people out at the dildo store, I pretty much have the same flow charted script in my head of things that I say. So I was able to sort of turn everything on autopilot and I was hoping I could just finish everything up before she caught me simping my pants. You know what I mean? But cool. We're getting to the point where she just has to tap her card and then all I have to do is give her the receipt and get her out of there so I can stop being this person and go back to my regularly scheduled shift. Though I will admit that she laughed at every single one of my jokes and I had zero problem with that. So we are right at the end of the transaction. She's doing all the little bullshit on the card reader and there's like that quick little moment of kind of silence, right? It was quiet. So I utilized that second to do one of those intentional cough things to clear my throat. And that's when it happened. You guys, as I coughed, I cut the cheese. (sighs) There's no way she didn't hear it. The cough was not loud enough to cover what felt like a deafening rootin' tutor. And, I mean, it isn't like I was trying to get with her or anything. That wasn't the goal, but I'm just trying to look cool in front of this person and leave it to me to fuck that up just like everything else. I hadn't even fucking eaten anything that day yet. I don't even know where it came from. God bless her. If she did react in any sort of way, I missed it. And less than a minute later, she was out of the building. But having to live through that 60 seconds was a horror story all in its own. And I wanted to curl up in a ball and die, which unfortunately I did not. So here you find me working my way to my next terrifying story, which you will no doubt hear about next week. And speaking of... I know that I have a lot of other things to get to, and next week, I will be getting to them. I have a very nice handful of embarrassing songs that I have to admit that I used to like. Thanks very much to everyone who contributed to that, sort of. And a few gold star answers to catch up on. So we're going to be attacking that next week as well. Plus, of course, all the usual bullshit that you've come to know and like as a friend. And... Here we find ourselves at the end of another perfect episode with absolutely no flaws to speak of. You guys, 
if anyone in your life that would appreciate a good dick joke, particularly when it's weaved in and out of a classic movie monologue, do not be afraid to tell them about this program. The things that excite me the most are showing pictures of my dogs and telling people about this shit show in a way that's not annoying. I hope. And it would mean a lot if you had anyone around you that you think would have a good time with us. If you could tell them about it, invite them to give us a little listen and see how it goes. We hope they like it, right? Meanwhile, thank you so much to everyone that is catching my voice right now. As always, it means the world to me. Give the show five stars wherever you're listening. If you would, that is important as I am continuing to learn. I hope It is all going according to plan for every single one of you. And I will be back with you guys next week for all sorts of trouble. Apologies to my mother-in-law. And how are you doing? 